Before we get onto this week's episode, there is something I have been waiting to tell you. I am really excited to share that Motherkind is the official podcast partner for The Baby Show with Lidl GB 2024. It is from Friday the 1st of March to Sunday the 3rd of March at Excel London and I will be there on Saturday the 2nd at 1.30, recording a live podcast with the wonderful Georgia Kasulu talking about everything motherhood. The Baby Show with Little GB is the UK's largest and best loved pregnancy, baby and parenting event. Tickets can be bought online at thebabyshow.co.uk forward slash excel. And if you pop in the code motherkind before Thursday, the 29th of February, you'll get your ticket for only £18, saving you £8 on the door. Please do get yourself a ticket. Come and say hi. I would love to see you there. Welcome to this episode of the Motherkind Podcast with me, your host, Zoe Blasky. This is the show that is going to help you feel more confident and empowered in motherhood. This incredible episode made me cry, it gave me goosebumps and it fired me up even more for the Motherkind mission of empowering us all. Holly Tucker MBE is the founder of Holly & Co and Not On The High Street, which she founded when her son was just three months old. But this isn't a business conversation. This is a beautiful conversation about what really matters in life and motherhood. You are going to leave this next 30 or so minutes feeling inspired, empowered, and so much more confident in yourself as a mother. Holly teaches us about habit stacking, non-negotiables, the simple hack she uses to change negative and fearful thoughts and why she wishes she had learned not to indulge mum guilt way earlier and why you absolutely cannot have it all. Before the episode, can you do me a quick favour? You would have discovered this podcast because someone shared it with you. We don't spend a penny advertising it. So can you pay it forward? Can you share it with someone who you know today? Maybe a mum friend, maybe pop it on social media, maybe pop it in a Facebook group. I truly believe that mothers need to hear these empowering and inspiring conversations. There is so much judgment and pressure out there on us all. We need conversations like this one. So please help me spread the word. Here's the episode. Well, Holly, welcome to the podcast. I've wanted to chat to you for so long because I love what you do. I love how you champion women and mothers in particular. And I really love how you talk about this triple shift generation. So I can't wait. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. How has the start of your year been? Well, apart from waking up with a cold this morning, it has been, um, well, it's been a funny old January. I've never been one to, I love, um, I appreciate time. I live in gratitude on a constant basis. So I'm not one to wish away time, nor think about months, you know, in a bad way. You know, we're very, very lucky. But I will say that this is the first January that I've understood why people don't like January. It's just, and it's been, you know, and, and everyone's like, really? And I'm like, no, really? I, I've, I've always thought January is such a um, sort of a reset month. Um, but I've had a few bits and bobs to deal with this month and there's been so much illness and it's been so dark I've noticed how dark it's been so the other night going out at five o'clock in the evening and seeing it still being light 
I just think it gives such hope. Um, so I'm ready to call January a dress rehearsal for February. Yes. Yeah. And do you set goals and resolutions and visions? Tell us about that side of your life and business. Yeah, I do actually. I never used to. This is a new thing since 2020. Um, I have locked down to thank for it. Um, I've worked since I was 18 years old. I celebrated my 18th birthday in an office and I'm going to turn 47 this year. So actually it was a long period of time just working and I'm called Holly Hurricane. So I work quite intensely and fast and I have all my life. And so that moment in time where we were locked down and, you know, working from home, you know, never done that ever. um, I realized, I started to realize how I didn't have myself on the to-do list at all. I mean, you know, the, 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 the idea of exercise was something I would join gyms and not go to, um, because always my business or my family would come first. And I know women listening will understand that. Um, and lockdown was the first time that I set some intentions and it started with couch to 5k. And it also started with the walks. You remember the walks that we were allowed to do. And I noticed seasons for the first time. And I had, you know, and I just quite realized how my life had been quite, um, you know, only focused around work and family um, and everyone else and not at all about myself. And so that's the change that happened. And from that year, I have couched, well, the walks became very regular. Um, The couch to 5K um, has now got to me to the point where I'm challenging myself to run 600K this year. So as a total, um, so I've become a runner. I've um, then it's almost habit stacking. So once I'd accomplished 5K, I then went into personal training and I got a trainer because actually I was never, I needed help in getting myself on the list because if it left to my own devices, I hadn't done it. And that was twice a week. And I'm now doing that two and a half years now. Um, So I'm weight training. And then I stacked on top of that, learning the piano. So I I put into that now piano. And then this year, I've I've added um, a couple more things, some more uh, coaching sessions for myself once a month and to go dancing once a month. Because the fun element was definitely missing out my life. And I'm quite, you know, that that is something I think we all do. We all get a bit, um, don't we, just um, logistics. Logistics seems to just be our middle name. And so I thought, my gosh, um, when is the last time I danced? And so I'm, I'm challenging myself to go dancing once a month. It's so important. I think that question, if you asked her, a mother, like, what do you do for fun? Like, most people, me included, until a few years ago, would have been like blank-faced. I could not even stress to you how much I've changed as a person. Um, the Just that switch. You know, they've always said it. And yet when you're in full logistics and you've got young children and you've got a full-time job and everything, like they, everyone says it. And you you do laugh. I I remember laughing, you know, thinking, really, you know, as if I can actually do that. But I just want to say, I wish, wish, wish I had done it before I did, 
you know, because I think that I have learned all of this too late. Not too late. Um, it's good that I'm doing it and I'll do it for the rest of my life. But I definitely could have brought it in earlier. My son just turned 19 years old yesterday. And he was three months old when I started Not on High Street. So I definitely understand why, for instance, I couldn't have done it for the first 10 years of his life. But if I look back at the last nine years, you know, when they become a bit older and you do have, and again, I only have one child and I always have had business babies, but, you know, there definitely was a little space, I reckon, that I could, if I had put myself onto the top that I could have found. And the thing is, is that once you start, it is this habit stacking. Once you start and you say, I'm just going to do a tiny bit more of something, you know, just a tiny bit more. And then you do one other thing. What happens is you become more fulfilled as a human being. You start to have respect for yourself, your health. Um, You start making better choices generally, I think, in life. Because you're sort of like, right, I'm now running and I'm weight training and I'm I'm eating well and I'm fasting. So actually, I'm not going to make that choice. It's an easier, it's, it, there's an easier conversation that's going on in my mind now about lots of other choices, just because of these things I've put in place. So I call them, you know, they're non-negotiables. I learned that in 2020, this word, non-negotiable. These are non-negotiable things that when I do it, it makes a better holly. I'm a better mum. I'm a better wife. I'm a better business leader. And I know that things, you know, the dark thoughts that we always have, you know, you're going to die early. Every single, you know, bad test result or blood test, it's bad news, which is something that us mums do do when we have children and we're petrified. I now have a better inner monologue about all of those things because I'm almost going, but I have stacked health on my side so actually you know the 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 chances are it's going to be fine and it has been so I I would say it's been a fundamental change and I would really um hope that your listeners potentially if they're listening to this and going oh this is interesting just think about when you can start this journey you know and I I just I wish I had maybe started it at 37 not 47 yeah and, and I think it's so inspiring, Holly, what you're saying about it can seem such a big thing. This is why I don't talk about self-care anymore in motherhood, because it just seems too big. And it's like, what does that even mean? And do you not understand what my life is like from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. is busy, like not interested. But what you're talking about is really different, which is tiny little one percent, I would call them, you call them habit stack, little things that build on top of each other. And just having that first step, isn't it? Getting over that resistance to take the first step. And I think it's so inspiring, Holly, you know, if you can do it and you're, you know, you've grown not on the high street and now you're growing Holly and Co, you know, then I think it gives us all so much inspiration. You could maybe only do 1% and and don't then beat yourself up for not being able to do 10% things. Yeah. And then as they just get a little bit more independent or you find that they're doing the clubs or they're doing that, you just mean going to that play date on a regular basis, you could start adding another percent so could it be that wherever your children are now you promise yourself per year 
So this is what I'm talking. It's just a fundamental change, but there is no um, urgency. It has to fit in and not absolutely cripple you as a mum, you know. And as I really recognise that, but I'm just thinking, ten years ago, I could have started it slowly. It could have been one class that I did. It could have been one just once a week. It could have been one chapter I read a week. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's starting to put yourself a little bit on that list. And as the years go on, and then you have a 19-year-old who's at university and your whole world starts changing, you've got yourself into a position where you might now be on the roll, you know, and that's and that's that change. Yeah, absolutely. And looking back over those 19 years, yeah. what are some of your reflections with that perspective now because I imagine you know you started not on the high street when he was three months I imagine that was just is it does it feel like a bit of a sort of haze of a hamster wheel when we started not on the high street the only other marketplaces in the world were Amazon who sold books and eBay Etsy hadn't was not created and so we were literally we didn't realize this but we were doing a uh, building the third marketplace in the world and so there wasn't the technology, you did not have social media, you did not even have uh, bank managers who knew what the word entrepreneur meant, you didn't have you know, all these sorts of things. So it was a crazy situation that we were dealing with. Plus, you know, I'd always wanted to be a mother. I'm maternal. I uh, Motherhood was just everything I wanted. And so there I was missing basically him growing up I'd say though I had always put my business partner told me about the quality and quantity um, understanding and so she had just older children at that stage and she just kept on saying to me just get the quality time in don't worry about the quantity they forget about the quantity but actually it's bedtime so I was always there for bedtime I was always there for stories I was always there in the morning might not have been there for school sports days, might not have been there for every single, um, uh, you know, theatre thing. My husband was, though. So one of us always would be. And um, the the journey has just been ridiculous because actually my son has just grown up next to me doing this. And actually now we will sit and have proper conversations about the business and life and women and work and small businesses and the death of the high street and all these sorts of things. And now it's very much like the family chat, but he is so embedded into this sort of understanding of what it takes to build a brand, understanding how things are stacked up against women, understanding such a broad concept of business that you would never learn in, 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 in school which ultimately, when you look at the future and you look at future generations, you know, everyone's going to have to become their own brand. You know, if we look at what's going to happen in, in, in terms of the workplace, you know, it's it's so important that you're self-sufficient in understanding it. So, you know, and, and we've just had beautiful parts where, you know, I had my home office. Harry's room was Harry's office. We got a personalized sign uh, when he was a little boy. He was like three we had a work chair made that would sit next to my chair in the office. Um, and then he would always say, Bubba, he calls me Bubba, Bubba, that, you know, my chair, you know, I'm going to sit next to you. Do you think I can sit on the opposite side of your desk when I'm older? 
all of these things. And it's it's been quite beautiful. And that's where I talk about the sort of blendedness of, you know, 360, where actually I think to build a business, you have to love what you do, but it, it's not work and home. It's it's bring bringing your family into something that matters to all of you so that when you're having to deal with something on a Saturday, it actually becomes a topic of conversation and interest rather than mum's working. And and so that's, I think, a very important uh, perspective to have when building a business. How do I involve my family rather than try and do any ridiculousness of balance? Yeah, I completely agree. I'm on a bit of a mission to get rid of this work-life balance phrase because it's just completely old-fashioned. The the women that I speak to, the mothers that I speak to, use it to beat themselves up. I don't have any balance. I'm like, what does that even mean? There's never going to be a time in your life when all the areas of your life are in perfect balance. I also hate the phrase work-life. It's just that there's only two things that we're doing. Like It's like there's... 20 things that we need to we need to give different energy to at different times I like talking about boundaries which is what I heard you saying you know one of my boundaries was I always tried to make bedtime like that's so much more achievable than this sort of ethereal idea of balance when you know that you've said right so it's bedtime every night it's uh, breakfast morning it's no work before but school for instance it's um, weekends, there's going to be one, you know, we're going to plan something to do on Saturday or Sunday, we're going to have quality time, we're going to do family movie, still to this day, we do family movie, we have the whole ritual of what we do. These are things that you put in place, this is, you know, holiday time is done like this. Um, You know, we used to always have charts that I would create sort of the plan of every day over the holidays. And so I think he was 18, and he still was printing out the plan. I was like, Listen, I love you. I, I, he's a chip off the old block. So we've got ourselves in. But it, it, it starts to create those ways about your family and how your family's going to work. And, you know, to this day, you know, Harry doesn't even comprehend the guilt I felt. He doesn't even understand it. He doesn't even remember it. So look at all that wasted energy I had. You know, he's 19. He's a strapping, wonderful, grounded, rounded human being that I definitely thought I was going to mess up. I mean, totally going to mess up. And he so doesn't even understand what the guilt was about because all he can remember is the good things. He doesn't remember I missed some, you know, crazy play when he was five. That wasn't what he, you know, but he does remember um, the nighttime ritual. say if you could go back and and speak to Holly you know maybe 15 years ago who was feeling that horror feeling guilt is the worst feeling ever because most of it's completely unnecessary as you say what would you say to her now I interviewed um, a gentleman called Mo Gordet and he's an incredible gentleman and he he really taught me something I was on a podcast with him on my podcast conversations of inspiration and we 
uh, we had like a moment off cameras, off air, so to speak. And I, he had, he had touched a nerve for me and, 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 and he taught me about this idea of ask for a new thought, you know, so, so we all think that our thoughts are true. They come in, they engulf us and we act accordingly. That can be the imposter syndrome when we're women. That can be uh, guilt when we're mothers and we're working. That can be, I don't know, self-sabotage. I mean, we, we, we have enough of them, don't we, to like fill 20 lorries a day. And so now I ask for a new thought. If I'm in a panic or I'm having a very down moment, I ask for a new thought. It's unhelpful for me to have this thought right now. It's not based on fact in any way it's not based on today it's not it's all based on the future and worrying and all these sorts of things I'm gonna what could a new thought be and just even interrupting the thought pattern has enormously helped me because I would cry into my pillow at night about how how damaging I how I was damaging the thing that was most precious in my life and yet I had 5,000 small businesses and all of their families relying on my business baby, not in the high street, or now Holly & Co. with my new marketplace. We've got 500. 80% of them have got families, their mothers. So actually, I had a lot of responsibility to do right by other people as well. So that guilt was robbing me. It was robbing them. It was robbing my son. It was robbing everybody. And just that simple thing now that I only learned a year ago, ask for another thought, has just totally changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. You, I got really emotional then because I really connected to you crying into your pillow at night. And I think we so do that, don't we? We so, as mothers, just beat ourselves up and completely unnecessarily like my mum speaks to me about this she's like I feel so guilty about some things that happened I'm like mum all I remember is the love like I remember how you made me feel that's what I remember you know my son will come home now and he's left for university and it's a killer right and so when he comes I smother him in kisses and cuddles and I have and then I, I smother him so much and he takes it. He he know like it's not like, oh mum. He just he he takes it all in and we I show him every second how much I love him. And then I worry I didn't do that before. You know, I, I wasn't like that. And then I'll go over the photographs and there I am snuggling him then too. He has been brought up with uh, such love and such care on every level that that is what has, I believe, has stood him. That's been the constant. It's not necessarily, it hasn't been the school playground pickups. That wasn't the constant. The constant was this depth of love. And now at 19, and I know people say, you're not meant to say this, or people have said this, you know, he is absolutely my best friend. He is top of the pile, who I'd want to hang out with, who I have the most fun with, who I who can give me the cuddles and when I'm crying about work or worries, who can resolve the arguments I have with my husband, who can all those sorts of things. And that's what you've got to aim for. That, that, just that. And I think you've hit right the nail on the head. It's it's what they feel and how safe they feel. Exactly. Exactly that. 
And, you know, my mum did do every single pickup. She paused her career for 18 years to raise my brother and I. But I tell you what is really heartbreaking is that I don't, I don't actually remember the specifics of her being stood in the playground every day. I just don't. We were talking about this the other day. I just don't. And it really helps me when I can't make a pickup or I can't make a sports match because something's going on with at Motherkind. I think they won't remember that. What they'll remember is the love. Is that just that feeling? It's that famous Maya Angelou quote, isn't it? People remember how you made them feel. This is the issue. This is, you know, the, the, the issue where women can have it all. Um, absolutely, we cannot have it all. I mean, th- th- this was sort of women, 80s, um, shoulder pads. The articles that, you know, you get up at six in the morning, bake granola, stand on your head, do yoga, be in the office at nine, have six children. You know, this, 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 uh, it's completely incorrect, along with balance. You can't have it all. You've got to work out what you want and what's important to you and then build a world that you can create. But, you know, to be the perfect parent, like, you know, my mother did every pickup, every drop off, every school run, every lunch pack, everything. And then she was, you know, cooked every meal for dad and, you know, was the person that did all the school uniform and the labels and the things and, you know, booked the holidays and did all that because dad was working. And then cared for her dad, cared for her mum, all, all these sorts of things. What? And then she was meant to also have a full-time job, which she didn't. And this is what then I'm trying to do. You know, you're trying to do all, you know, I'm trying to do everything my mum did. I'm trying to be, um, luckily, my parents don't need caring for. But if they did, I would be looking at how she cared for her parents. And I'll try and do that. Plus build a business. Oh, and plus my non-negotiables, because that's also now, you know, we've got such awareness that we we, we do matter. Um, and so it is very, very difficult. And I think that phrase has to go as well to history. Um, it, it, it's impossible to do it all like our parents did it all and do what we're doing as modern women. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I think we are, you call it the triple shift generation. Lots of people call it the sandwich generation that you and I are absolutely in that kind of millennial where the structures in our home and our expectations on, you know, how we do care for, you know, our extended family and what we're doing with our children haven't updated to reflect the changes in the workplace. So what I see and what you're talking to is just this squeeze of burnout. I've been researching this recently. We are the most burnout generation of mothers ever since records began and I think that's why and you would have it no other way no I mean this is the problem the rewiring is incredibly difficult to do yes I was talking to Bryony Gordon and we were talking about womanhood and just being a woman and you know just the 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 you know on another aspect you know just having coming from that generation where you drank diet cokes and you drank slim fast and you smoked fags and you know it was just you, you know the whole thing to be slim and to be um, uh, women and men and the, 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 the issues that were arising at that point in time, you know, how hard is it to unwire that, you know, that's uh, why do you look a certain way, trying to not uh, think about appearance, all these sorts of things. It's exactly the same as, as, as motherhood, when you've looked at your, your stay at home mum, potentially, and you're trying to do everything she did. And yet she didn't even have enough hours in the day to do it. 
And we're just doing it as maybe one third of our life. So it's, it's very hard to unwire that it's not necessarily important to do what you you were brought up on. It's so true. I call it deprogramming because that's almost what it feels like. And I think, you know, we absorb, you know, our brains are like sponges from zero to seven. That's when we absorb our beliefs, isn't it? When we're little. So if whatever our setup was when we were that age, that tends to come up when we become mothers and we think, oh my God, I'm not doing this. And then we feel guilty. I had to literally get a piece of paper and write down all the standards fantasies ideas that I had of what a mother was and so much of it was incredibly old-fashioned to be honest and then I had to rewrite my own version okay how am I actually going to measure myself as in what is important to me like you were saying but unless we do that I think that's where we just get wrapped up in these knots of guilt and you know not feeling good enough and not feeling like we can keep on top of it all as you say I think one of the things I say to those who's starting a business, okay, well, you want to start a business and we're all in the present. And actually, we don't deal with death, do we, and aging very well in this country. But if I speak to someone, I'm mentoring them, I say, right, what type of business do you want to grow? And let's go to when you're 90 and let's go backwards. Okay, so 90, right, where are you? 80, 70, 60, I'm still running my business. I've got my my kids are you know, started joining the company. Da, da, da. And then I go, okay, so these are interesting, 50, 40. And I, I, I look at all the things. And then actually, you can go back to today's present time and say, well, then getting money from venture capital companies wouldn't be right, because you still want to be in your business when you're 60. If you do the same as motherhood, and you actually, you know, I now in ret- hindsight, you know, I can look at my 19 year old, I'm my 20 year old. And even though this is the problem, we don't want to do that when we're mums, because the idea of them leaving, I just could, I couldn't even speak about it. And I had to go for therapy and everything just to even get to the point of him leaving. And by the way, it's not as bad as it, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it, you enter a whole new, I'm just telling everyone that's freaking out right now. I promise you it's okay. Um, But again, what would you want your 20-year-old son or daughter to say about their childhood? Why don't you work backwards? Now when they're 18, 16, they want to go out. What do you want? What happened to you? And what do you want your child when they want the alcohol, they want to go out clubbing, or they want to go in the car with the person who just passed his driving test and all those sorts of things? Like, What do you want them to reflect on those moments? And in a way, if you if you do that same sort of trick, so to speak, I think you get to the fundamentals, don't you? Absolutely. You 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 get to wade through the expectations and the noise and the comparison and how everyone else is doing it to what really matters to you. I think that's the secret of a happy motherhood and life, actually, is just figuring out what matters to you. Oh my gosh, I've absolutely loved this conversation. I feel like I just want to talk to you for hours about this. <laughs> What? Oh, it's so nice to think back at my time. As I said, you know, it is just a, it's a, it's a daunting thing. But um, and just on this bit where everyone is probably listening, you know, worries about the empty nesting phase. Just like we always used to worry or think about them even leaving 
that or even going on the pavement with their bike and then we worried about them even walking up the road alone and then we worried about them didn't we going each stage you cannot even fathom that this will be your children and it's exactly the same at uni you can't even fathom it but once you're there motherhood has this most unbelievable way of just taking you holding your hand invisibly and taking you into the next chapter and it's okay it's as beautiful by the way as the first step it's as beautiful as going into their room and looking at them dancing in secret it is it's the most beautiful thing I cannot tell you and I worried about it for purely 18 years it's the moment I had Harry I just was like I'm going to lock him up we're going to move to France in a in in a in a field and I don't care he's not going to have any friends but he'll still be mine and that's I I had all these (laughs) weird thoughts and I'm just telling everyone motherhood will look after you I promise you so beautiful that's absolutely gorgeous I've got this image of just this invisible blanket of love just holding us through every phase I wish someone had told me that so that I didn't worry about it so much as Harry was growing up thank you for sharing that I always ask the same question at the end which is if you could give just one gift I mean you've already given us many but if you could give us one gift to all the mothers in the world what would that one gift be and why I would give the gift of understanding that if you don't put yourself on the list, you become hollow and you become less a version of yourself every single year. And it, if you want to love your children endlessly and you want to love your family and you're saying that you actually put yourself on the bottom of the to-do list because of them, because they're more important, I would say what you're actually doing is you're chipping away a big, big hollow hole in yourself. And at some point, people, you feel it. You feel it inside. You don't shine as bright. You don't love as much. You don't laugh as much. You're not the person that you think you're becoming by being selfless. So I would just say, remember that because you don't want to turn 50 with a huge hole in yourself and your children have flown the nest And you look back within yourself and you don't even know who you are anymore, right? That's the other worry that can happen. So if you can, just a little bit, time it with the life of your children, put yourself just a little bit on the to-do list more and more each year so that you can build yourself up as they grow up. Tell us, so people can find your podcast, which is gorgeous. I love it. And we've had so many of the same guests, which I just love. So people can go and check those out. Like Mo Gordat's been on Motherkind. He's been on yours, Bryony Gordon. And Holly & Co is obviously your new marketplace. So I'd really encourage everyone to go and have a look at that as well. Holly & Co, you know, I'm basically revolutionizing retail again. So um, we have... Uh, we only launched 100 days ago. Um, we have got 520 co's. It's called Holly & Co. These are small businesses. 97% of them are women. 78% of them have families. Um, and 100% of everything is touched by hand. And so we are, we've been called the liberty of small business, the um, anthropology, the independent anthropology, and the site that should be, uh, comes with a warning because it is, I'm bringing color and creativity and difference helping women I think really express who they are so much out there is vanilla and gray 
And I want to basically help women. You know, there's a certain point when you know what you like. And so I'm bringing it all again to discerning um, customers. And, you know, every time you buy, you're buying from a small business, you're buying from a woman, we're a B Corp. So you're actually shopping with your values, which is going to be the future of retail. So it's just the beginning. um, And um, I'm super excited. Um, I believe I'm the only woman to have launched two marketplaces in the world. So what a very unique title, by the way. It's hard. Wow, I love that. You hardly have like a badge. People (laughs) like, what is that? (laughs) Yeah, we need (laughs) What a niche badge that is, Holly. Um, But it, it, it is my life's work. And I'm going to be doing it till I'm 90. So um, I'm really looking forward to the adventure. Incredible. Well, I sat, that sounds like the perfect place to go and find some things for Mother's Day and be sending family and Absolutely. partners and children oh, links. We're working on Mother's Day now and Valentine. It's just we're bringing sort of a different angle on things, you know, for, you know, why aren't there ways of expressing love to our single mothers and our single uh, family units? And what about, you know, those who've just gone through a divorce? And with, with retail really does celebrate the 1% of our lives, not the 99% of our lives that actually women go through. So we have ranges that, you know, talk about IVF or baby loss or grief or um, divorce, all these things that women go through. And yet when we don't have the words, and we want to just send that thought. Um, we believe that because we are basically a female collective, we're actually changing retail for the 99% of life that doesn't get spoken about. I absolutely love that. Right, we're going to put lots of links. Maybe I'll put some links of things that I love on Lovely. as well. That's so, so kind see. of you. Thank you so Thank much, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Nicole. And if you enjoy this show, you will love our podcast, Self Care Club. Every week, we trial a different form of self care and report back on the results. We've tried everything from cuddle therapy, setting boundaries, laughter yoga, and many more. Two friends who rarely agree on anything, testing out the world of self care so you don't have to. We've even written a book dedicated to self care practices that cost you nothing. You can listen to Self Care Club wherever you get your podcasts. Or to purchase our book, search Have You Tried This on Amazon. <laughs>